guys, it's Melissa. And I'm Jill. And we are Paramormal Podcast. We are two moms here to talk all things paranormal. We will provide full body chill episodes of our favorite cases that you will never forget. So be sure to tune in each week to hear new captivating cases based on facts, research, and of course, encounters. Welcome back, guys, to a brand new episode of Paranormal Activity Podcast. My name is Melissa. And I'm Jill. And tonight's episode, I feel like we always start this way, but tonight's episode is really, really spooky. Um, mm-hmm. We came back from a brief hiatus, and I think that this is the, like, the story is just amazing, and it's definitely spooky season material, and I don't see it talked about too much. I don't see it circulated too much around podcasts, so hopefully, hopefully, this is one of the first times you guys are hearing about it, but it's really, really a phenomenal case. It's just like, it's, it's going to be a long episode, guys. I mm-hmm. apologize for those that maybe like something a little bit shorter, but... No, but it's so captivating, this episode. I think re- you're going to get lost in it, guys. I it, do. It really, really <laughs> is. It's creepy as hell. It is. And it's making up for the past um, couple of weeks. Um, that we've been missing, but we, I recently moved to um, a town 15 minutes away from where I was, and it's crazy. I tried actually uploading an Instagram picture of what I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Instagram basically said it was too, in other words, too creepy, which I'm like, okay, it is, but why are you censoring me? Yeah, like, let me live. <laughs> let me live my <laughs> damn life. <laughs> but basically, I moved to a town called Massapequa, and we have a Massapequa Hell House, and I am just so intrigued by this house. You guys can look it up. I mean, I, I'm going to go ahead and try to post it again. Hopefully, I won't be censored. Maybe it's just the description, basically, of it. But it's really, really, you know, it's really interesting. It's like this creepy red house. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's going to eat you alive. Um, it is there. I feel like I got the chills just when you sent the picture of the house to us. It's definitely, day. I think, creepier. Mm-hmm. in my opinion, than the Amityville Horror House. But in other words, you know, basically no one knows who lives in this house. It's occupied. I'm going to read you guys off of something off of MassapequaObserver.com. This is kind of like the most information that's known about this house. But why, basically they say, while neighbors have noted that there are residents in the house, there's little activity throughout the course of a normal day. The surrounding homes on the block carry on with daily activities as if there wasn't a large brick mansion across the street complete with turrets, a bleeding maroon sidewalk, and a hearse parked in the driveway far behind an eight-foot-tall route iron fence that is perpetually chained. Several Several overgrown trees block some of the house from view. Goes on to talk more about the design, but... Some say that the residents belong to a Satanist cult who chant behind closed doors. Others claim to have seen people emerge from the house dressed head to toe in gothic black. In actuality, the owners are believed to be a normal Christian family. While the house may or may not be haunted, it's definitely unlike anything you have seen and worth a drive by. But onlookers must proceed with caution. The block is patrolled during the Halloween season and uh, police cars are stationed in front of the house the day of. Wow. And you will get arrested if you're solicitating. But oh, There you go. Be careful, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> it's located at 214 Daniel Road um, in Massapequa. It's like interesting because it like, looks like a normal suburban block. Then all of a sudden, and like even before we pulled up, I went with my friend the other day. It's not the first time I saw it, but this 
this incident was the first you know time mm-hmm. in a while and it was just like i couldn't even like breathe i was like oh my god we're definitely approaching it was just so creepy it was just i mean my friend like we're trying to stare at it you see jill like this little fence was the one i was telling you earlier yes. that maybe we could hop and knock <laughs> no i'm kidding it's no trespassing, guys, but yeah. we just really want to know who's... We might write them a letter. Who's living there. We're thinking of writing them a letter because there's a mailbox yeah. right in the front. And I feel like that's being, like, you know, courteous of, like, respecting their boundaries. And maybe we can set up an interview or something. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful home. Yeah. And we want to know more. Also going on in the paranormal world. Well, actually, sorry, I'm going to backtrack. It's interesting, so I was, you know, because no one really knows anything about the owner's so on Zillow, when you look up this house, you can't even see when the last time it was bought. That's pretty or wild. Or purchased yeah. or anything. It's like, okay. Um, speaking of that, this is why I'm ups- upset with Zillow right now. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm sure you guys have heard that the Conjuring house went back on sale, um, back up for sale, which we're very upset about. We actually, we were in talks with the previous owners they were answering us, and we were trying to set up a date to go there, and I like, stay the night and interview the family that is selling the house, and you know that this would have been an unreal deal. But you know, no hate, whatever. But they stopped getting back to us, and we think that because it was they knew they were putting up for sale, that mm-hmm. they didn't want to continue communicating with us to set something up. Of course, we're disappointed about that, but um, it went for sale, and I was like, you know. I want to get in. I want to see this house. Maybe I'll look to purchase it, you know, as a business. Um, and, of course, today I, I went on the, the realtor's website, and I couldn't find the house. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And Zillow is in contract. I'm like, come on. Of course. Who yeah. bought this? I was so mad. We'll Damn need to you, contact Zillow. them. That's fine. No, not that <laughs> I would be able to spend $1.2 on a house that is basically falling apart. But um, I just would have loved the opportunity to see it. But maybe, yeah. maybe these new owners will let us see it. It's true. It's interesting to see who's going to move into this house. If they're going to, you know, be like the Amityville Horror, just, you know, like the owner just acting like nothing is there. Um, I mean, that's how pretty much was between the parents to this new family. I forget their name. I apologize. It's late and my baby didn't want to go to sleep. Anyway, um, <laughs> so it's interesting to see if these people are going to go into basically, you know, allow the public to be involved with this, mm-hmm. where if they're just going to be like, I'm sorry, we're, we're renovating it, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But hopefully we'll It'll find out soon. We'll yeah, think. yeah. I mean, it's such a high-profile high house that I feel like you just can't live there and act like nothing happened, or I that agree. people aren't interested. I mean, it's a, a big property. You're going to have to block it off. But anyway, that's all on the new owners. We'll wish them the best of luck. They got there before I did. <laughs> There you go. Again, not that I'd be able to afford a $1.2 million home, but it, a girl can dream, right? Hey, that's what you got to do. Chase those dreams. Chase them, Melissa. <laughs> if you I'm can trying. afford it. Jeez, give me I'm a little I'm trying, money. man. <laughs> I, have to, I have to get another job over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you. Jeez Louise. It was funny. So I texted Joe. I'm like, let's go see him. She's like, Melissa, I, I can't afford this house. I'm like, obviously, we can't afford this house. I thought, I literally thought she was asking me to like. I'm like, do and a I'm down actually, it, was, it was actually so funny because I found out that it was for sale like the day that we closed on on my house, my new house. It was like two weeks ago, and I was like during the closing, and I'm like freaking out trying to tell like my husband. He's like, shh. shh. I'm like, no. I'm like, this is big news. This he's is like, huge. He's like, let's close on this house. He's like, you can't afford a 1.2 million dollar home, and I'm like, okay, but I want a dream. Let me live my life. There you go. Uh, anyway, so before we get into this interesting story um, and scary, dreadfully mm. scary story, Jill, what is your 
story of the night. Okay, so the story that I have, it's sad, but it's also really like a, a beautiful message to it. So, Aww. All right, guys, so this is from Reddit, and the user is Kitty JJ. Okay. All right, so it's titled Strange Happenings After Friends Passing. Now, she just posted this six hours ago, so this is all um, current now. So she wrote, back in May, I lost a friend to suicide. Ugh. She planned the entire thing out for over a year, and none of us had a clue. She didn't leave a note or anything hinting as to why, but through the action she took on her final day, we realized just how thoroughly she planned it out and just how much she no longer wanted to be here. That was tough right there, but... So keep listening. It's going to have a little, uh, a bright message at the end. So um, it was honestly what everyone says. They were the life of the party, always ha happy, full of life, full of joy, full of love. And now we understand we missed the signs. I found out 10 days after her passing. Two days later, it was a Monday morning. I got into my car and turned it on. It instantly started playing Logic's 1-800 song. For those who don't know, this song is about suicide. I found it odd. My car normally picks a random song, but did it really have to be that song today? So I decided to let it continue as I drove to work. The song ended and it began once more on replay. I don't play my music on replay. I let it play again and it replayed for a third time. Oh, wow. Right? So she's like, by this time I arrived to work trying my hardest not to break down. About oh. an hour went by and I got a message from my friend saying, hey, Today's the viewing. So, like, right there, I just got, like, the chills. I'm like, oh, my God, if that's not a sign from her friend. Yeah. So, um, I left work early, went home to change into a white outfit. Her family asked for a white dress code. Picked up white roses, and with that, we set off to see her one last time. It was a beautiful service. Everything was white. During the service, a bird flew into the church. It landed directly above her casket, all the way in front of the church. It sat there for about five minutes facing the crowd. Then it flew to the back and landed directly above her boyfriend where it remained for the rest of the service. Like that, oh my gosh, I was like, I can't even believe that. So now a few days after her service, I had a dream of her. We were in a white room, sitting on a white bed. We talked for a while. It felt so peaceful, so warm. I know I asked her why she left and I know she told me why. But when I woke up, all I could remember was that we talked for a while and her beautiful, peaceful smile. But I couldn't remember anything about what she said. Um, about a week later, I was having a rough day thinking of her. So when I left work, I asked her for a sign to let us know she was okay. I drove off, ran some errands, and went home. When I parked, I sat there for a moment just thinking of her. Then I realized my music had stopped playing. I grabbed my phone and kept pressing the play, bet play button, but it would not play. Then I looked at the song itself, Life Goes On by Tupac. After I read it, it began to play. Um, after this, I began noticing the times 111, 1111, 1011, 11.01, whenever I would have a rough day thinking of her. As I write this, I notice 11.01. One day I was out with her boyfriend. He and I have been friends since kinder, and he's the reason we all met her. And he shouted, it's 111. I've been getting those a lot lately. And I looked at him in shock and said, you too? He's had more strange experiences since her passing than I. Um, about a month ago, a friend of mine found three abandoned kittens. I picked them up because I normally shelter kittens until they're old enough to find homes. I showed her boyfriend a photo of the kittens and he suddenly had a shocked expression. 
Those two are the exact same color as the two she adopted before her passing. Um, Monday of this week. So this is literally current, guys. This is just um, a few days ago. I picked up a buddy of ours who had just returned from deployment. He was away for her passing and for her funeral. I filled him in on her last day and on the experiences after. He said he'd been ignoring any signs since her passing. He just wants to move on and that, uh, that that makes it harder. As we talked, I looked at the clock and told him, what did I tell you? It was 11-11. As of yesterday, I began noticing more repeating numbers, not just my usual repeating ones. Well, this is just a few of the experiences that have happened since her passing. I'm not sure how to take them or what they could mean exactly. And maybe some of you have some insight. So I just thought I'd share and that I'd find peace in writing. Thank you for reading. So it's like that. Uh, it's, so, it's so sad, but it's that's like. That's such an uh, unbelievable story, you know, and it's just. Yeah. Oh, but man. it's beautiful, all the signs that they're yeah, getting. Yeah, and 11-11 and like, is my sign. Yeah. You know, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Well, I'm glad that she's getting some signs and right? some positivity from the situation, which is just oh, terrible. Situation. My heart breaks for her. God. But it's just it's crazy how, just crazy how you get these signs. And yep. I just I can't gather the fact that people want to fight that they're coincidental. It's like yeah. it's, no, I agree with you. Like, come on now. I mean, especially with the bird in the church, like, literally landing right above her casket and then going above the boyfriend's head for the rest of the service. Like, to me, that's, that's like her. That I'm, I don't know. But I'm glad at least that they're getting all these positive messages that it seems like she's at peace. So. <sighs> well. God, Jill, you have to get, you really got to hit us with the... I know, I get everyone in their feels right now. You really do, Jill. That's, you know, that's a teacher in you, I guess. (laughs) That's it, I just, (laughs) come on. Now we're going to get into some real eerie. Eerie and devastating as well. Oh, gosh, terrible. So, today's, oh my God. Jill, you you better cut that out. (laughs) I can't even, I'm just so excited to get started. I'm like, (laughs) Anyway. Who was Estefania Gutierrez Lazaro? And again, if I butcher this name, I apologize from the bottom of my heart. Okay, this is really, really scary, guys. Thank you for tuning in. But I have to warn you, if you guys are triggered very easily, this may not be the case for you. But Mm -hmm. this is the perfect spooky night in October. Rain, cold, bundled up with blankets and candles. Oh, yeah, I was going to say light those candles. It's perfect for it. Okay, guys, I'm ready. You ready, Jill? I mean, I don't know if I'm ready. I mean, I am ready. Jill's never going to be ready, but we got to get on with it. Just don't even ask me. Just keep going. (laughs) Netflix's terrifying horror film, Veronica, is based on a real-life story. And it's so creepy, people... It's so creepy, people are unable to finish it. Her story was the foundation for the movie Veronica, which, like many others, came with a caption based on a true story. The difference here is that the real-life story was significantly, significantly, oh my God, scarier than the movie. It was based upon a police report, which remains the only time that an official police report has ever documented the paranormal. And guys, this movie is beyond terrifying. It is difficult to get through because it is captions. 
Yes, I have to actually, I have to be honest with you guys, I have to finish it. My Jill husband, is terrible. My husband was mad because he doesn't want to read when he's watching a movie. He so I, I have so to watch it. it when he's, I know. I try to tell him. <laughs> it's so worth it, though. It really, really, really is. Um, getting back into it, though. But Veronica is based on the true story of a young girl in Vlekes. Again, if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, I apologize. Which is in South Madrid. And she died after playing with an Ouija board in 1990. According to her parents, Estefania started dabbling in the cult as a teenager. This encouraged her to perform a seance at school in March of 1990. And she did this to try and contact one of her friend's boyfriends who had recently died in a motorbiking accident. Estefania's sister, Marianella, was allegedly part of this group, but she didn't participate in the game. Instead, she was tasked with guarding the door so that others, so that no other students or teachers would walk in while the group tried to contact spirits. I mean, I feel like this is me. Hmm. Yeah. Seriously. 100%. <laughs> the ritual was interrupted, of course, by a teacher. That would be me. No, I'm kidding. That would be <laughs> Jill ruining the fun. <laughs> I know. At first, there was nothing out of the ordinary, but they did end up getting caught by a teacher who burst into the room and snatched the board away from them. And doing so, the glass the group had been using in place of a planchette shattered. Oh, boy. According to everyone in the group, as well as Marinella, which is the sister, and the teacher, smoke came out of the glass, and Estefania unintentionally inhaled it. So even the teacher, that's like, what the heck are you doing and saying mm -hmm. that? They witnessed her inhaling the smoke. Those around Estefania say that the changes in her after the incident with the Ouija board were marked and immediate. They started off small. They escalated very quickly. It started by deeply affecting her sleeping patterns. She struggled with insomnia frequently, and whenever she could not sleep, uh, sorry, whenever she could sleep, she was plagued by horrible nightmares of shadow creatures calling to her. Jeez. Most of the time, she didn't even need to be asleep for these experiences, though, because her family said that she told them she could see shadows following her around in the corners of the room, down the hall, whispering to her, asking her to come with them. Ugh. She would even fall into frequent tran trances that usually lasted 15 to 20 minutes, according to her mother, Concepcion Gutierrez. When she came out of these, sta of these states, she would then, um, she would say that she was in a long corridor filled with fog. The voices she was always hearing reached her in these trances as well. Conception and Estefania's father, Maximo Gutierrez, took Estefania to the hospital several times before she died, to no avail, of course. She saw countless different specialists at four different medical centers, but each time she went, the doctors found nothing wrong with her, despite doing all manner of tests and scans. That's crazy. It really I is. I can't even imagine being in the parents' I was just going to say, those poor like, parents... Knowing Seriously. they know that their daughter needs help, but it's like they're not getting any help. And then, oh. Yeah, seriously, it's unbelievable. The, um, the symptoms started to get worse with each passing day. Objects in the apartment would move around and turn themselves on and off. Unseen forces became violent, not only towards Estefania, but also to her family members. Her younger siblings would wake up with their arms being slammed into the walls. The family dog was thrown across the room. And one of her little sisters was even shoved on at least one occasion. Ugh. It's, the poor dog, too. Sorry, I mean, I, I mean the poor everyone, but I... Oh. 
Seriously. Gosh. They always have to target the dog. I Leave know. the damn dogs alone. I God. can't. Even in the horror movies, they always have to... Just Aww. come on, leave my pups alone. Sierra, we'll leave everyone alone. I but know, most I'm of the sorry. pups. I know the pups. They're innocent. Her sister Marianella, who Estefania shared a room with, even claimed to wake up one night to find Estefania levitating slightly above her bed. After a while, Estefania even began to attack her siblings herself. She became irritable and aggressive and would growl and bark at her younger brother. And on occasion, she allegedly attacked one of her sisters. And injured the girl so badly that she ended up on the floor foaming at the mouth. Jeez. What's worse still is that Estefania wasn't the only one seeing these things and experiencing things. That's why you could say, okay, maybe she did have a, men- you know, a mental mm-hmm. illness that was causing her this. But when the whole family is experiencing this, I mean, you have to, like, this is like one case where I read, nope. Yep. I was reading, I was like, nope. This is not even a doubt in my mind that this is not, that this is, you know, paranormal. It has to be. While she was clearly the main target, her parents and siblings also experienced things moving around on their own, doors slamming and locking themselves, and they even saw the shadow creatures moving around themselves. In one instance, Estefania went to do some chores in the bathroom, which later became known as the epicenter of all the paranormal activity in the apartment. I would be screwed if that was me, because no one knows I pee way too much. (laughs) And anyway, in a a silhouette, Appeared and the iron turned itself on. Um, the family allegedly used the bathroom for a few different things besides its intended purpose. So I guess they used the iron there, and I don't know what else. But that's I just, don't know either. But that's just the information I was. Given. I guess use your imagination. <laughs> Estefania screamed, and her mom went to check on her. At which point, the door locked behind them. Maximo had to come help get them out, and even then. It was only when he was about to literally kick the door down that it casually opened itself with ease. Which is good to know, I have to mention, is because Maximo kind of was the one family member that was doubting everything. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like, there's just nothing, you know, going on. You, you know, she's, she's, she's sick, she's sick. But I think after this incident, that just kind of opened up to... Yeah, he realized... That, unfortunately, no. Yeah, no, sometimes that's what it takes, someone to experience something yeah. themselves. Yeah. Well, the, the final nail in the coffin for Estefania, though, was when she started having seizures. Poor girl. They began relatively early on and grew worse as time passed. But the last few nights before she died, they became more severe. Then one night she suffered such a powerful seizure that she slipped into a coma from which she never awoke. She passed away a few hours later. Reports that she died in the hospital. Some report that she died at home in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. But despite where she did pass away, the doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her. Um, and, you know, she was there in the hospital for many visits, and they still were not able to find what the, the cause of these seizures were, anything else was. Um, they wrote in her medical records that her death was sudden and suspicious, which is very interesting mm-hmm. terminology. No, it's true. You would think that that's when things would get done with but unfortunately not. In fact, after Estefania's death, things did get worse, a lot worse. Conception reported, Conception, the mother, reported hearing Estefania screaming from all sections of the apartment all hours of the day, and there was near constant banging on the walls. Imagine just hearing your dead child. I cannot even no, gather that, to fe- I mean, hear that. That had to be, not only have they been traumatized enough, but now hearing her like in pain all the time. Seriously. Screaming. It's like, no. it's unbelievable. 
Objects continued to move around the apartment on their own, and appliances still turned themselves on and off at will. She also often heard glass breaking and old man's menacing laughter, and doors continued to slam on their own. Estefania's siblings also continued to get woken up and hurt by whatever was in the home. Oh, my God. Which is interesting because they mentioned glass and the glass planchette that they were using. I just found that yeah. tied together. On a particularly, particularly unsettling occasion, two years after Estefania's death, a photo of her which took up residence in the living room was knocked over and spontaneously caught on fire. Eerily, only the section of the photo which showed her face was damaged. The rest of the photo was in the frame, untouched. Jeez. It's unbelievable. Like, whatever's still, whatever's out there is targeting her after her death. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's awful. So, basically, of course, Conception and Maximo had enough of their family's suffering, and they began to seek out the expertise of paranormal investigators and professionals. I don't know why this wasn't done previously, but I'm not judging. I just, I just, that was, I yeah. mean, I guess. That's a long time, I feel like, yeah. know, to endure such uh, yeah. pain. Seriously. They um, paraded a number of different people and teams throughout the apartment, none of which managed to help, and some of which arguably made the activity worse. On and on the activity went, escalating with no relief at all. No matter where Estefania's parents turned, until one night, November 19th, 1992, things hit a boiling point. Having had enough of all this activity long ago and being completely at her wit's end, but having found no assistance up to this point, Conception turned to the police, which is very interesting because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of individuals wouldn't go to the police for that. But um, Conception called the police operator around 2 a.m., and when they answered, she was apparently screaming, Please come quick. He's in here. It's a bit unclear who she was talking about, but the police reports describe Conception as sounding very panicked. When they got her to calm down enough to explain what was happening, the operator was understandably taken aback and skeptical. They put her through to the police, who was just as skeptical, and asked to speak with her husband to verify that she wasn't drunk or lying. No, sir. Anyway, Maximo gave the same story. In the same panic tone, the police asked to speak to one of their children. When the same thing happened, they called in some backup and made their way over to the Gutierrez home at Calais Gerardo Nunez, number 8 in Vallecas, a neighborhood in Madrid. So, Vallecas, Madrid. Mm-hmm. Cal- I guess it's Calais Gerardo Nunez, number 8. I guess that's their form of addresses over there. But that's where the police... They went to the home, and I'm surprised they didn't, like, bring an ambulance, like, to right. think that they're all crazy. They get them to the hospital or something, but good for them. Um, there was a team of officers consisting of five police officers and the detective. They were greeted by Conception, Maximo, and two of the children, who the police noted would rather wait outside in the cold and rain than inside their home. Yeah, that, that says something. I was just going to say, that tells you a lot right yeah. there. Um, when the police accompanied the Gutierrez family back into their home, they asked what had been going on. Maximo explained all the paranormal occurrences, including some new events, which included crosses on the walls being inverted and that scratch marks had been appearing on the walls. You know, of course, the police had they, they had to remain mm-hmm. skeptical, but they agreed to look around. Conception told them that things were always significantly worse with the lights off. 
So the investigator, Jose Pedro Negre, instructed them to turn the lights off. To their hor- yeah, right. To their horror, they started to hear banging around the apartment. They merely had the lights turned back on. But the family was still staying with them, proving none of them had done anything. The police started to head towards the master bedroom to investigate a sound they thought they, that they heard come from there. And um, then they would hear a loud ba- uh, bang from the balcony and allegedly also heard some, someone screaming from that direction. They hurried out to inspect, but nothing was amiss on the balcony. There was no indication anything had dropped, certainly not anything, not anything capable of making the noise that they heard, which apparently sounded like a large boulder being dropped. There was also no one around screaming. In addition, two of the officers, officers had been discussing what to do when one of them yelled at the other one to duck, who did just in time for a heavy cupboard door to slam open where his head had been. No one was in the room except for those two officers. Can you imagine being those two officers now, like, experiencing no, it for I, yourself? I, My gosh. I cannot. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, the four police officers, obviously, they decided it was too much of them and elected to wait outside. Negway, the detective, and the remaining officer continued to search for a cause of the sounds but found nothing. Instead, they heard more banging and commotion co- coming from Estefania's room. On investigation, they found a cross that had been ripped off the wall and had also that, and also a Jesus figurine that was attached, ripped off the cross itself. The cross had been previously bolted into the wall, and there was a poster under where the cross had been, which now bore three claw marks. Oh my God. Yeah, it gets better. Negre and the remaining officer found themselves surrounded by the sound of pounding on the walls. But as the previous events, but with the previous events, they couldn't even find a source of explanation. It was then that Conception told the officers about the bathroom, and when they went to check it out, they admitted to feeling a severe drop in temperature. They each they heard quiet voices echoing within the bathroom walls. Having heard and experienced enough, Negre called the police operator back and told them what had happened. He then filed an official report which stated that he had no explanation for what was happening within the Gutierrez home, that something was most definitely happening, marking the first and only time, definitely in Spain's history and possibly the whole world as well, that I remember the police has written about a paranormal occurrence in an official report. Well, actually, no. I'm going to take that back. The Demon House police yes, report was yeah. filed with that as well. Um, so I'm going to take that back. So maybe there was only two. But maybe I guess in Spain's history it could be there first. Yeah, like absolutely. Said, in the this rest is back of the world. in ninety one. Yeah. Like this is crazy. This is nuts. Seriously. And then following these events, the Gutierrez family remained in the home a little longer and while the events supposedly did begin to lessen, they didn't go home. I'm sorry, they didn't go away. The ghost didn't go home, guys. <laughs> didn't go away by any means. And eventually the family moved away and according to them the paranormal activity did not follow them. Um and the family that moved in there after them has never reported anything. Mm. To me, that's crazy. Like, n- nothing followed them. Yep. No exorcisms were done. Nothing. Nothing followed them, but so nothing's what, affecting yeah. the, the new people. I don't know. Yeah, so what happened? Like, where did the spirits go? Like, I don't know. I don't know. How, I, I just can't believe that this has happened to the family right after... I mean, she died. Like, this didn't stop. Like, I just... I, to me, that's no, like... No, it got, like, worse, is what they said, which is, oh, my... God, I just—it's beyond. Even it's just beyond terrifying, you know. This is why, you know, 
I mean, I'm on the talk. I have an Ouija board. <laughs> Phone case. But seriously, yeah, guys, serious. stay away from this stuff. Unless, I mean, not even unless. You don't know what you're doing. Even when you think you know what you're doing, mm-hmm. you don't. You don't. You're going to get fooled. You're going to get fooled. I'm telling you. It is scary, scary business out there with these Ouija boards. And it's sick that these things are sold in the toy department. I, I'm part of this Facebook group. I forget what it's called. But something to do with the paranormal. And some some woman posted that she doesn't know why people are afraid of Ouija boards and that mm. she protects herself and all this stuff. And everyone was like, yeah, well, crickets. Like, seriously? Good luck, then. With Seriously, good luck. You yeah. know, I'm not trying to be condescending or rude about it, but good effing luck. Because mm-hmm. you're going to be fooled. You just are. You are. It's happened to uh, the best of us, including myself. And you're going to be fooled. You're going to be. It's just... They're just, they're going to outsmart you. You're gullible. You're, they're going to, they're going to get you in a way that, you know, no one else can. And you're going to open up your doors and then you're going to be the new Estefania. I hate to say it, but maybe not that extreme. (laughs) No, but this story is like traumatizing. It really is. Beyond traumatizing for the whole family, this, the whole situation. I mean, like when you look at pictures of her, she looks like such a sweet little girl. And I'm just like, my heart, I can't even imagine this. Like, the last year of her life, too, like, that had to be, which is just torturous. And it seems mm-hmm. like, I hate to say this, but it seems like she's still tortured after she passed away. Like, And, the, yeah, the family was continued to be tortured, too. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. My yeah, God. I mean, I just, oh, God. Oh. Well, let me know. Oh, let us know. Yeah, let, <laughs> let, let me <laughs> know only, guys. Well, I mean, I guess, honestly, I'm the scaredy cat. Let Melissa know what you. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Let us know, guys, if you guys have heard of this story before, what you guys think. To me, this is definitely one of the more scarier paranormal stories that I've ever encountered. Definitely. Again, it sticks with, unfortunately, being a parent and dealing with your kid, experiencing something paranormal. It's scary. Mm-hmm. It really is scary, you know. In this case, it didn't end up well for the Gutierrez family, and it's just, it's just heartbroken. Yeah. But hopefully we can all learn from Estefania's story and just to stay away from the Ouija board, especially during the time of spooky month. I know it's tempting. And, and I mean, also, I have an Ouija board blanket. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, but. I was going to say, who are you to talk? <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, God. No, but at least you know not to mess around with it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't mess around with that shit. I don't. Yeah. Believe me, it's tempting, but yep. no. <sighs> well, anyway, guys, we are back. And we are come out, coming out strong with these episodes. I feel like these scary episodes. If you guys have any um, spooky case that you want us to cover that you think will be scarier than this, let us know. Mm-hmm. We're doing the scariest of the scary for October. And of course, guys, please follow us on Paramormal Activity Podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, Paramormal P, on TikTok, Paramormal Podcast. And you can, of course, find our episodes on Spotify and iHeartRadio. And today, um, our, our, an article, or interview, I should say, was released Yeah, released on us from Voyage Savannah, which was just unbelievable. We're so grateful to be given that opportunity. Thank you so much, Voyage Savannah. And it's just it really goes in depth about why we saw this. You yeah, know, it gives um, you a little background yeah, on it gives us, guys. Back on, on us, Melissa and Jill. You can find that on VoyageSavannah.com. I have the link in our Instagram bio as well. I put that up there. Um, so, yeah. So, let us know, guys, what you think. And, of course, you have any scary stories that you would love to have us feature, you know where to reach us. You 
know. We appreciate you guys for always listening to us and dealing with, you know, when we go on a little short break, but we're back and better than ever. (laughs) (laughs) There you go, Jill, with the positivity. There you go. Always got to throw it in there. Yes. (laughs) All right, guys. See you guys next week with a spooky episode. All right. (laughs) Goodbye.